There we go. Hey, can you hear me? The man himself. Beautiful. Okay. Yeah. With the, look, got their luxurious beard. You got another. You got some more competition on the beard, there, Law. <laughs> Hang oh, on one man. second, on, bro. Something. Yeah, go ahead, brother. Go ahead. Oh yeah, I, I like. Oh, this is gonna be fun. <laughs> yeah, this is I, I need to go. I need to go run and get my headband. He got his. Yeah, headband. I know he got the I, headband hey, on. He ready I to almost, hoop. I almost Dude, wore my headband. Ready to hoop, hey, huh? This is this is out of necessity, man. Do you see my hair? It doesn't like. I can't do anything with it. Yeah, I'm not ready to. I'm not ready to go into a hair salon yet, so I'm just stuck wearing a bandana. Yeah. I know y'all all them pretty ladies should be able to go right in that salon and get that hair right. <laughs> First of all, man, I need, I need a beard trim more than I need a haircut to be honest with you. Yeah, don't touch the beard, man. Just got to keep it wild, man. Yeah, don't say yeah, that I mean, hey, long shit. beard game. I'm all getting right. some inspiration from you. Hell yeah, <laughs> throw that bad boy out. All right, yeah, man, we got out, man. Dave Hellman from DallasCowboys.com live with the late night hype. So let's give him a round of applause for coming through, brother. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Do we get the blessings from Brian? Do we, we get the blessings <laughs> from Broadus? Do we, we get oh, the blessings? Oh, you know, honestly, I haven't talked to him in a couple of weeks. But okay. yeah, Brian, Brian is a man of the people. I can, I can just go ahead and assume yes. Cool, cool, cool. Because cool. he said, you know what? Uh, uh, Jeff Cavanaugh said you guys are worth the shit, so I'm gonna come on to the show. <laughs> so I'm like, right. cool, cool. Oh, no, really? <laughs> yeah, that's what oh, I yeah. told. How long ago did y'all have Jeff on? Oh man, early oh, in man. this thing, yeah. about two times now, yeah, right? We had Jeff about two yeah. or three times on now. Yeah. He like a regular. Yeah. Oh nice. He's calm. <laughs> uh, he, he gets he, to take That's my boy. Now we we cool. I told him you right after the draft is when we had Jeff. I'm happy to. I'm happy to be in the rotation. Jeff's my guy. Thanks, brother. Oh, yeah. Appreciate you. Hey, being I told here, you. I said we got Brian. We got you. You got to be the trifecta, big dog. <laughs> yeah, you got to get some of the original draft show guys here. Those are. I mean, I love pretty much everybody in DFW media, but obviously Brian's my dude, and I mean Brian and Jeff. Like that, those are like my top two guys. I love those guys. Well, man, they loving you in the chat already. You ain't said nothing yet, bro. <laughs> 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 he ain't sitting there. Hell, man, no, go ahead and get to ask him some damn questions about that Cowboy football. Stop talking about that other stuff. Well, before we get before we get to the Cowboys football, I got to ask a goddamn question because, Dave, you didn't seem to like the picture, man. I thought that picture was hard. That picture was, that picture <laughs> was hard, dog. I said he looks small over there. there. You look big in that picture. I was like, I want, I was giving y'all grief about it. And I was like, why the hell would I possibly be mad about this? Like, this <laughs> is my aesthetic. I mean, like, look at me right now. Like I'm doing this, I'm doing this in a bandana and a hoodie. Like I, I dress like that on the reg. I actually, um, that was, uh, the guys at the pro shop know I like bucket hats. So they yeah. asked me to model that for them last summer before a training camp. And like, they probably took like 200 photos of me doing different dumb poses in that bucket hat. So that's a good uh, one, though. I was, I, no, I was happy with the way it turned out. I was, I was just giving y'all grief. I know, I know. <laughs> I, I knew you was messing with us. But you did you see the one? You should see the one we got of uh, Jeff Cavanaugh. It, it wasn't. Oh, I, oh, I, oh yeah. I, I, oh yeah. Say <laughs> about slick. that one. <laughs> yeah, the slick back. I had yeah, to apologize slick. to him. <laughs> Jeff's uh, Jeff's hair is great when he can put it under a baseball hat, but when he has to like dress up formally or like yeah. take a real photo, it doesn't it doesn't work out that well. Not at all, man. Hey, so let's get into the Cowboys talk. And honestly, I'm just gonna go right off the bat with it with the uh, with the draft because I know with the draft show, you brought us Jeff. Um, is it KT? Who, who else is on there yeah. nowadays? 
So it's, uh, you know, with Broadus being at the fan now, right. it, uh, Jeff and Kevin Turner, who used to work for the fan, KT, and then uh, we brought in Kyle Yeomans this year. Yes. He's, uh, he's an up-and-coming guy that just started working for us last season. And uh, that was kind of a, it was a big opportunity for him. And he took it and ran with it. He did a great job. Yes, he did. Uh, I did notice that. Um, so I want to kind of just jump right into it, guys, if you don't mind. want to talk some draft. Jump with, right with in, the, man. Jump right the draft on in the show in the guy, end. man. Don't go in the shallow um, and jump in that yeah. deep end. Let, yeah, let's just, just let's go through the one through. I guess we can go through seven if you want. Kind of just give you a brief take um, on each guy. And I, I'd say this to everybody that come on the show, man. Like, walk me through the whole de- CD Lamb situation because there's no way in hell you thought that that would possibly happen at 17 mm. been. And the fun thing about that is like you know there's you know video evidence of my reaction to it because we live <laughs> the whole thing. um i said at the time that that was one of you know that was i think this was my eighth draft my first draft with the cowboys was the travis frederick draft and that was either one or two in terms of like the most stressed I've ever been. And the other time was when they picked Zach Martin over Johnny Manziel. I remember that one, like when they were on the clock, it felt like hours. Like it was right. so stressful. I was like, what Please are they about Johnny. to do? <laughs> don't do it, don't do it, don't Here's do it. Here's Johnny, you know. <laughs> I, remember, I remember like during the, you know, you know, the names are coming off the board. Like mm. Ruggs goes to Oakland. <clears throat> Every, I mean, anybody who follows me knows I was really high on the idea of drafting a receiver. And so people were texting me and Kyle on the show was like, Oh Dave, like you getting excited. I was like, no, I'm not getting excited. I'm getting terrified because <laughs> a receiver is going to fall to 17 and they're not going to pick him. And you know, mm-hmm. you can, you can chalk that up to Jason Garrett if yep. you want to. PTSD. You know, I mean, and for, the, for the record, I got to stand up for Jason Garrett, at least on one thing, which is that I really think, if CD had been there, I think Garrett would have taken him too. No I think, way. you know, I, re- I really do. No. When, when you're talking about like how, you know, the, Stephen Jones, the front office came out after the draft and said like, he's one of six. our five highest rated players yeah. or you know, six or whatever, you know, top, top seven guys on the board. And when a guy like that is sitting there at 17, you don't ignore it. I, I really, did. I really think, I think Garrett would have done it too, but that's beside the point. So anyway, I'm sitting there and I'm just like, oh my God, these idiots are going to pass on a receiver. <laughs> what are they going to, uh, and, uh, and when they did it, like, I wasn't even excited. I was just so relieved. I was like, oh my God, mm-hmm. thank the Lord. Somebody in that room has some common sense. I lost well, my shit. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. a room because it was all virtual. Right. You get my point. Oh, I mean, I think right. everybody, it's the most, it's, it's probably the most exciting Cowboys pick since Zeke and Zeke wasn't all that exciting because I think everybody knew by the time, you know, yes. by the time they picked, yeah. like everybody was pretty sure it was going to be him. Maybe it might have been Ramsey, but probably not. Like I think most of us yeah. really thought they were zeroed in on Zeke. Probably the most exciting since Dez because we traded yeah. up for him. And a yeah. lot of people yeah. probably believe that Dez would have won much higher had it not been for some bogus suspension. Um, yeah, and, and Dez, Dez yeah. was like, even as a draft prospect, Dez was a superstar. You know, mm-hmm. like he was mm-hmm. one of the most. He was one of the most noteworthy Yeah. And uh, to get yeah. him at 20 for sure. But yeah, so I mean, the, you know, these types of picks only come around every 
five to ten years and mm-hmm. man that was that was super exciting for sure do, do you think it'll be say i was gonna say going back to 2016 if you think that if bosa was there uh would they would have went that route or or would they still went with ezekiel Elliott if bosa was still on the board that's a good question um damn um yeah I think I, I think they still would have done goes to be honest with you. Because the Tell dirty me. little secret about the draft, and we talk about this all the time, like, and that's what made the Lamb thing so exciting, right? Is like mm-hmm. teams have these strategies, and for the most part, they like follow them. Like they don't deviate. And I really think like the reason Zeke was drafted was to help Romo get through the end of his career. And obviously it didn't work out that way, but that was the intention. Right. And I think even even if Bosa had been there, I think they would have said, you know, this stud running back gives us a better chance to win a championship in Romo's final years than a defensive end added to a defense that doesn't have all that much talent anyway. So I think it would have been Zeke regardless. But again, like that's what made the Lamb thing so exciting was like it was so unexpected <laughs> that it forced them to completely change their game plan. Because I'm I firmly believe. If it had been anybody else available, they would have taken Caleb on Chase on. I really mm-hmm. believe that. I firmly believe this was Jason yeah. Garrett. We took <laughs> Caleb on Chase on. Bro, do you, Dave, you remember when we, uh, what was it? The cat from Minnesota played at Florida, Sharif Floyd. Oh, okay? yeah. For sure. top, top five, they said, right? Oh, he's a top five. And he completely passed on him. So I have P, I had PTSD throughout the entire draft. I'm not going to lie to you. And then we got to the second round, and I'm I like, man. Yeah. Ah, we're not gonna be able to get the corner we want, and come to find out, Trevin Diggs, uh, Trayvon Diggs Man. is still there, and they yeah. took him. Now, were you looking at anybody else there, or did you think that Trayvon Diggs was a great pick because of the need? I think by the time it got to that point, you know, because by the time they come up on the clock, you've already missed out on a handful of guys. I mean, you know, I would have loved to see my LSU guy Grant Delpit fall there. Um, you know, Christian Fulton is a name we threw around, but I don't think they were ever that serious about drafting him. But I mean, it's funny because obviously, like nobody. I'm trying to pull up. I'm trying to pull up the draft right now. Oh, man, sure. that's funky. Yeah. But um, no, it's it's just like it's it's crazy the value they got at every spot. And like, obviously, we don't know whether that means these guys are gonna be good players. But nobody could have possibly thought that guy would have been there at 51 because i think you know for a while we were talking about him as a first, first round, first round. Yeah. yeah right our first right. round guy the 17th pick you know what do you like about Diggs? um i i like that he's rare and when i say that i just mean he's like 6 1 205 pounds like i mean this this dude is he's an athletic freak and like he's not he's not the fastest corner in this class but like mm-hmm. To move that well at that size is really impressive. And he's, you know, uh, I know he's a senior, but he's he's a comparatively young guy. I trust that, you know, he hasn't scratched his ceiling yet, um, which, you know, and, you know, people were down on him because he did. I mean, he got picked on a few times in his last season at Alabama. Um, but he again, you talk about the value. Oh, my. I mean, but but he battles, though. That's the yeah. thing. If you're judging guys based on what Jamar Chase did to him, then nobody's right. gonna be very good at it. Jamar Chase is gonna be a he's gonna be a top ten pick next year. Um, so yeah, and, and no, I mean he he absolutely does battle. And like I said, I mean, you know, you heard the coaches after he was picked, 
he he has ball skills. You know, I think he mm-hmm. had seven career interceptions at, at Alabama. Um, mm-hmm. This is a guy who contests the ball, who knows how to play the ball. That's been a problem for Cowboys DBs in recent years. Um, so I really, I love the upside anyway. I think I, I, I wouldn't have loved it. I definitely wouldn't have loved it, but I could have talked myself into liking that pick a lot higher. But at 51, it's, it's like a no-brainer. Uh, and that's what makes this draft so easy is like, you don't really have to debate a lot of it because the value they got is so good. Like I'm, I'm now I'm looking at guys that went right after Trayvon. I think Fulton went after I mean, him. I'm not seeing anything that really gets me. So like AJ Epinesa, I was never the biggest fan of his. No, yep, yeah. me neither. Um, you know, Van Jefferson and Denzel Mims. That's you don't need them anymore after you draft CD Lamb. CD mm-hmm. Lamb, yep. I love Josh Uche, the pass rusher out of Michigan, but I don't love him more than the thought of drafting Trayvon Diggs. Um, Definitely when you get a nine in the fifth round. Right. right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, yeah, no, like like I've said five times already, like to get that value at that point in the second round is is just awesome. Do you think Diggs and guys like Neville Gallimore are going to push some of these uh, incoming veterans? Because, and I hate to call Hill a veteran, but, man, once you pass your rookie year – you're a veteran in the league. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I have a I have this bad feeling about Hill, man, because they took Neville Gallimore, and his sponsor, as Broadus likes to call uh, call it, <laughs> yeah. is no longer I was here. Say, that's <laughs> definitely some Brian terminology. Yeah, we, we're using it now. Law loves it now. <laughs> we, we, it, law, it, law it, loves that now. <laughs> no hey, more sponsors. <laughs> it, makes, it makes sense. Like that's yeah. you know that's the whole standing on the table thing. Like that's that's what these coaches do. Like we've mm-hmm. seen over the years you know, how much weight these, these coaches hold when it comes to getting guys on the team. Yeah. And, and it, it happened last year. We, you know, we had a safety need. I don't know why they don't value the safety. We had a safety need. Great. Not great safeties, but good safeties on the board. And we went with the guy that stand on the table for uh, uh, Tristan Hill. But then the following year, we take a guy who I think most had graded as a second round guy at the very least in the third round, getting that great value again. Um, and to me, it, I think it spells trouble for Tristan. How do you feel about uh, Neville? And do you think he can push Tristan here? There's no way to view that as anything other than a problem for Tristan Hill. And like, I'm not, I'm not sitting here, you know, we don't even know when training camp is going to happen or what it's going to look like. So, you know, I, I don't like to like, you know, fire guys right. in June um, because, you know, he'll have a chance to compete, but how can you look at that? and say that it's good for Tristan Hill. He had a, I mean, even for a guy that was drafted 58th overall, it was a disaster of a rookie year. I mean, if you're, if you're a healthy scratch nine times as a second round pick, that's awful. That's real bad. There's no way to, I mean, there's no way to sugarcoat that, especially when Juan Thornhill, you know, he got hurt. Yeah. They're all going nuts in the the feed. Right. (laughs) He he got hurt before the playoffs, but he was a player for Kansas city, a good player. Um, I mean, there's just no way around it. That sucks. Uh, and so the coach that, that pounded the table to get him here is gone. The scheme is changing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they signed two veterans who are going to, I mean, Dantari Poe and Gerald McCoy are going to start. Like they're making too much money to not be starting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you draft a guy in the third round who people had as a second round pick. So, you know, you need, you probably need four defensive tackles. So, you know, I don't know that Tristan Hill isn't going to be on the roster, but if he doesn't have a good camp, you can't rule it out because there's going to be guys behind him pushing for playing time. 
And again, he has not shown anything that should make anybody excited to this point. So this is a this is a huge camp for him because you know Jim Tom Sula has this great reputation as a great defensive line coach. Mm-hmm. So I I mean I I could see him go like have you know going up. I could see him tapping into his potential, but I could also see him getting cut in September for sure. Ooh, well, let so, me ask you this, David. Uh, 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 do you put uh, number ninety-eight Crawford back inside, or do you keep him on the outside with this particular rotation now? I I think you pretty much have to keep him outside at this point because of what he's done to his body. Like I, uh, you know, as somebody who works in the building and sees Tyrone a lot, I mean, not right now because of COVID, but the guy has transformed his body. Like he's, he's slimmed down. He has built his body to rush from the edge and play from the edge. Um, and especially, you know, I think, I think people get a little too caught up in the four, three versus three, four thing. I still think they're going to have four down linemen a lot, but you're still probably, you know, Mike McCarthy said it himself. Like this is a scheme that values heftier defensive linemen. I mean, Don Tari Poe is freaking huge. Big boy. Oh my God, he's, he's enormous. Like they yeah. they are signing defensive tackles and adding mm. defensive tackles that are much larger than what we've gotten used to. Uh, so even if you're playing in a four-man front, I'm just not sure it makes sense for Tyrone, you know, with where he is right now. On top of the fact that he was, you know, he's pretty productive at right end. I mean, he's not, you know, I'm not trying to tell anybody that he's Von Miller, but, you know, he's good for five or six sacks and he's, you know, underrated against the run. I, I feel absolutely fine having him out there. Hey, I got a quick question for you, Dave. When we were just talking about the defensive line, switching to the cornerback position, because I, I asked Broadus about this, about Jordan Lewis. But first, before you answer this, everybody's talking about Thornhill, but my thing is we, we saw Thornhill do good over there, but that don't mean because he would have came to Dallas because they, they tend to put players in the wrong position. We don't know if Thornhill would have blew up with Dallas because the way they Great coached point. him over there. You get what I'm saying? So that could absolutely. be something totally different. But I just want to ask you, we were just talking about Trevon Diggs. You got a couple other guys in free agency, Worley, who was on the show. I want to ask you about Jordan Lewis, like I asked uh, Brian Broaddus. What are your thoughts about him? Do you think he is going to be in the plans long term? Um, and what do you think about his his potential this year as uh, maybe a slot or a starter or what? I don't think there's anything more fascinating in terms of position battles than the Queen. that we did earlier in the off season. I'm like, go, go ahead. Tell me like rank them. Cause I bet you all three of y'all have a different ranking. And we <laughs> do too. Like we argued about it incessantly. Um, so I'm fascinated to see what that pecking order looks like. I think Anthony Brown will be a part of it for sure. Cause you should always follow the money. Mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, I mean, I think he's an underrated player, but you should always follow the money in terms of looking for playing time. Um, but other than that, I don't know. I mean, I think Jordan could play in the slot. I think the last coaching staff probably didn't give him enough of a chance on the outside. Obviously, you have Trayvon Diggs. Worley has an, uh, a surprising amount of starting experience, given that, you know, he was kind of a no-name signing at the time. Um, and then, obviously, there's Cheeto, who's been starting for three years. So, have fun figuring out who should do what. And actually, <laughs> the, the exciting thing is I actually talked to Jordan not that long ago um, and he, he had some really encouraging comments just about, you know, it's, it's a clean state or excuse me, clean slate. 
it's a brand new coaching staff. You know, everything from before is gone. Um, and and I think at the end of the day, it'll probably just be who plays best. the best. Which, you know, for for a guy like Jordan Lewis, who I, I mean, I think his stature worked against him when Chris Richard showed up. I think, mm. you know, he didn't hit that <laughs> magical height and length requirement, even though he played well. But you, um, and I, I hope that's true for his sake and for everybody's sake is that it's just, you know, a meritocracy. Go throw him out there and, and see who's worth being the top three. I want to believe that, Dave. I do. But then when you see what they're doing and you hear what they're saying, um, was it Al Harris said, I like and I want long, aggressive cornerbacks that can run and fast or what have you. And then they go out and sign literally five, six foot one cornerbacks. I'm not lying. They got like four or five of them. So it just concerns me because I believe J. Lou is good. And but could he be in the same situation? You know, as he was before, where Chris Richard was saying, I want lone corners, but they didn't go out and get him lone corners. This regime is going out and getting those guys. And you got a guy like Jordan Lewis who has a lot of talent who could, I want to say, be the odd man out because I think he needs to be on this team one way or another. But he could be fighting an uphill battle again, which I don't know if that's fair for him or not. You have, I mean, no, you absolutely have a point. And just because coaches say that doesn't always mean they mean it, right? Um, I think the thing that gives me optimism is that this is a, a brand, like again, a brand new coaching staff with, you know, a bigger blueprint in mind than just 2020. Obviously you want to win as many games as you can in 2020, but you know, Trayvon Diggs is a pick for the future, right? I mean, if he's right. good enough to start right away, right. that's great, but you didn't necessarily bring him here with 2020 being the goal same thing with reggie robinson the fourth round pick like the idea is to remake your secondary over the next two three four years and my point being if if you know if, if they go out to training camp and jordan lewis is just hands down the better guy you gotta play al, al harris can say all right well this is <laughs> this is what we've got in year one. you know like this is we got this is what we're working with yeah we like um, long corners but we do right, we exactly. like the exception to the rule we yeah. like long corners, but our two long rookie corners didn't have a spring program mm -hmm. and our rookies, and I don't want to throw them out there against NFL competition if they're not ready. Um, which, you know, and it sucks to speculate, but if I had to guess right now before we've played a down in football in 2020, like, mm -hmm. I would assume Jordan probably doesn't have a long-term future here. Mm. unless he's you know unless he's just so freaking amazing that right, he doesn't right. give you a choice but i can imagine the cowboys saying like okay like you know you, you played for us in 2020 you did a good job we appreciate it but we have a different long-term vision than re-signing you you know what i mean um yeah so i don't know what his long-term future looks like but if he's the best cornerback in the in, on the roster, gonna make I don't a think Al Harris him. is going to be able to afford to sit him just because he doesn't fit the height requirement. No doubt. And uh, speaking of that, uh, we had a guy that was out there on the streets uh, to a Chris Harris uh, training uh, camp that was right here in Dallas. And his name is Boss Cowboy. He actually got a chance to speak to Chris Harris. And he said, hey, what happened? You know, and he said that I'm not tall enough to be a Dallas Cowboys corner. I would like to play for the Dallas Cowboys, but I just just wasn't tall enough. Damn, that's fascinating. And yeah, I mean, yeah. Al, you know, Al Harris is he's six one. Uh, we talked to him about that draft weekend. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. you all said it yourself. He he favors taller, longer cornerbacks with aggressive ball skills. And it sucks for Jordan that he doesn't fit the 
height. physical description because yeah. he definitely has the ball skills. Um, yeah. So, but like I said, I'll I'll be interested. To, oh, so I mean, again, take a look at like Anthony Brown and Trayvon Diggs are like the only two things sure things, right? Because mm-hmm. AB just resigned, right? And Diggs was just a top fifty pick or fifty first overall pick. Everybody else, you know, Cheeto, one-year deal. Jordan, one-year deal. Literally I believe Warley's a one-year deal. Um, Davion, Kennedy, yeah, all those yeah. guys. Everybody. Everybody. Also, Everybody. I think you kind of – I just look at it like, okay, we got Diggs and Robinson are here, and that's earmarked for the future. And everybody right. else, we're just going to try to, you know, we'll get by the best way we can. Or if Diggs and Robinson are just simply that amazing as rookies, all the better because then you can just kind of – move toward the future without having to worry so much about it. What's your honest thoughts on uh, Anthony Brown, Dan? I, I, I just, I think Anthony Brown is an underrated player. Thank you. Honestly. Um, Cornerback is an incredibly hard job because, you know, if, if you lose 2% of the time, people are on your ass, right? Like Mm -hmm. people expect you to not give up any completions and as pass happy as the NFL is, that's ridiculous. And the rules. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, he gets a little grabby. He he definitely doesn't always win, but for you know, for being what he's been, which is the third cornerback on this team for the most of the last four years, I think he's been great. I thought re-signing him, especially, you know, a relatively affordable deal, I loved it. Uh, you know, he's a four-year starter. Um not great ball skills, but he he does get interceptions or has in the past. Um, I also, th- I'm, I'm defensive of cornerbacks. Like I, I lead the charge on the Brandon Carr bandwagon. I, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I used to listen to y'all all the time. Like, he oh my goodness. I understand how many people thought he was like this terrible player. He's not money. a terrible player. Not worth the, not worth the contract he got Crawford paid. Stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would, I think Brandon Carr was better at his position than what Tyrone has offered since he got paid. And I like Tyrone a lot too, but I mean, he was always available. He was always there. Um, I don't think he's missed a game in like no, like I, eight years. I, I think yeah. what happened with Brandon was that Detroit that ten game. million dollars. That's no, what no, happened. No, 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 no. It was the Man. Detroit game. That that Megatron game. You remember? You know, Megatron. And he, that that and Megatron game. Yeah. Megatron and and Odell. Those are the two things that everybody remembers when they think of Brandon Carr. <laughs> Yeah, which sucks. And and ten million dollars because he didn't make me mad until he dropped. When he dropped the five million, uh, Dave, I was like, "Oh, you cool?" I, but Brandon Carr don't bother me no more. When he was at ten, I was mad. And which, then he goes and to hey. the Ravens and get all those interceptions. We was like, "Hey, what a minute, what a minute!" No, he, he was getting picks in Dallas his yeah. first three years. I was gonna say okay. for Brand- Brandon Carr was reliably getting three picks a year, year. under Rob Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> and then he went back to getting three picks a year when he went to Baltimore, and it does oh, kind of make you wonder. Kind of makes you wonder about what what the DBs were being coached over the last five six years. And, and we lead the fifth, and we get on. Hold on, no, we get on Richard all the time about this, but y'all, we weren't getting turnovers before Chris Richard. So you know, That's we had that they one had, uh, year. Brian, what was his name? What was his name? Uh, McCann. Uh, what's his name? Brian. Uh-huh. I remember that secondary. What? Oh, what well, I mean, it was it was Joe Baker for a while. Yeah, Joe Baker. Oh, Joe Baker. Yeah. Rome Henderson. Henderson. They were trying to give. They were trying to give. Uh, damn, uh, Byron Jones throwing tennis balls to him. It still didn't work. <laughs> well, he can't catch. He even admits that. I mean, yeah, Byron says that himself. He yeah. Just doesn't have great. 
Hey, Dave, I, I got to get you. We're on the secondary here, so I was going to go uh, earlier was, uh, you, give me your take on the safety position here because you were talking about one-year deals. I mean, that's all we got back there is one-year deals. I mean, yeah, Darian Thompson is a two-year deal, but, I mean, that's really you can get rid, of him, get rid of him if you want. But we yeah. don't really have a lot of security back there, and that kind of leads towards our guy, the Prez, but I, we don't got to touch on him if you don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk, talk about him, dog. Go I ahead. can talk Bring about the Prez every dang oh, time because okay. I think he needs to be on this team. But speaking of the guys that are on the team, um, I kind of want to get your thoughts on uh, Ha Clinton Dick signing because I liked it a lot. I know James was like, you really like that signing. Yes, I do. Yeah, um, you sure do. And then what do you think about Xavier? Because this is a prove-it year, and we heard him chirping last year about, I hear you guys talking. Why are you going out after E.T. and all this other stuff? And then he came out and had a eh, – Right. It, was, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. But what's your thoughts here on the safety position? That's actually a great – that like that right there sums up how I feel about safety. I'm just like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, it's, at this point, it's, it's almost comical that they just refuse to – see it as a priority or a problem i guess i mean you know they passed up on every safety in the draft last year uh they 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 have i mean it's so funny like we're sitting here like oh my god they spent money on a safety they gave ha ha it's like four million yeah, four million for <laughs> one year let's not let's not get carried away and act like they went out and freaking signed earl you know tyron matthew to like this 80 million dollar deal or like they didn't spend that much money by NFL standards, but more his I don't, resume. I don't than love anything. It. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't love the situation that they're in. I do. I mean, I give them a little bit of credit for going to get haha, but I also, you know, I don't know that haha is like this drastic upgrade. Like he, you know, he had a Pro Bowl season in Green Bay, uh, the year they beat the Cowboys in the playoffs. He's deaf. I mean, he's had success. He's proven he can get turnovers. By the way, you talk mm -hmm. about not getting turnovers. Again, sorry, I'm pulling stuff up on my computer. No, you're right. Oh, uh, you pull could. it all up. He's got about, I think he has double-digit picks. I want to say he's got 14 career interceptions. Yeah. yeah. And wow. yeah, a couple touchdowns, I think. Uh, last year, I know for a fact he had a touchdown uh, with the Bears. Excuse me. He's actually got 16 career interceptions. Um, wow. So, I mean, he's, he's, he's a cover guy. guy. Well, so here's that's the thing is I'm, I'm, not, I'm not convinced I believe that. Really? Um, I mean, not hmm. not as like you shouldn't be sitting here like, oh, this guy's not giving up anything. I mean, oh, you know, no, no, no. at the at the end of the day, like Green Bay traded him, which mm. you typically don't trade guys that you love. And then, you know, Ooh. he was he was, you know, the rest of his season in Washington was not great. And then he was fine for Chicago. Like, I think he's better than Jeff Heath. Thank you. But I that's what I really want to hear. You saying, but not much. Are you saying, but not much? I was waiting. I was waiting for that. I don't think I don't think the position is drastically better right now than it was last year. I think Haha. Agree. Haha is a name that people know because he was a first round pick and he's been to a Pro Bowl and his name, you know, his name's Haha. People remember that. I'm not, you know, I'm not convinced that this is is going to be something amazing. I do think he's a good player. Um, but to get back to the, you know, like the long-term question, I think the Cowboys for better or for worse have decided this is a position where we can get by right now. And, and to their credit, look at all the freaking, look at everything that was available this year. You know, uh, ha ha Eric Reed, obviously I believe is still sitting out mm -hmm. there. 
freaking Trey Boston seems like he's available. <laughs> why, that, why does nobody? Everybody hates him. I, well, he I signed back. I don't get it. Uh, no, he he did sign back, but like he's available every every year. Time. Right, like nobody. He wants plays him. well every year. He plays right. good. So what's going on with him? Yeah, I feel relatively confident that there will be a decent safety available next year. Or maybe they just re-sign. Ha ha. I don't know. Thinking. But then, I mean, God, I would love it if they drafted one in the first round. But it just seems like they're like, ah, we're good. You know, right. churning, we're good churning free agency and maybe the later rounds of the draft. But I do think it's interesting. You know, I mean, yeah, Darian Thompson, I don't think anybody expects him to be a long-term starter. So you got to potentially replace both next year between, you know, Xavier and HaHa both playing on one-year deals. So I'm curious to see what they do with that. And I I want to believe that they would draft one highly, but I need to see it before I believe it. Yep, I agree. I got to yeah. see it before I believe it. That's why I didn't mock any safety to them with, with any serious intentions. Because it seems as though it doesn't matter who the hell is calling the plays, who's the coach. They just don't take this thing seriously. Maybe it's a Will McClay thing. I don't know. Yeah, they're going to end up picking up Malik <clears throat> Hooker. Watch. Hey, I, I'm, but I'd be I'd be fine with that, depending on what he does this year. That, um, that money, though. Yeah. <laughs> Let me uh, give you. I'm, oh, sorry. I just, I'm, you know, I, I just kind of. I was mean to Haha right there. I hope. Yeah, I'm I was going to give you a nugget on. Him. <laughs> Let me give you a nugget on. Him. Yeah, I was like, everybody no. been killing. No. Let me give you a nugget on him. Um, in in Chicago, he had some career highs in coverage grades. If you go look at his advanced stats, that's why. That's why I said, um, you know, he's more of a cover. Well, he's already more of a cover guy, right? He he he's right. not a guy you want in the box. First of all, well, I, I 100% agree with that. For whatever it's worth, like right. he's definitely he's a guy that you're going to play away from the line. Right. I just. I'm not sold that he's like he's not. Yeah. E, I'm not saying he's ET, uh, yeah. but I really would much rather have him and uh, as a cover guy than Jeff. I would rather, and honestly, I'd rather have him as a cover guy than Xavier. Um, and that leads me to my next question: We got mm. two, in my opinion, uh, free safety type guys. Is there this? Is there this thinking here where they just are not? You know, you know, I don't care about a box guy. Um, the the league is turning, you know, to a different league now. Um, the the best box guy or wild card guy for me, in my opinion, is the Prez, but they don't really seem to be that gung ho on giving up picks to go get them. But I think that man could do so much for you in the box, out the box. It don't matter what you do. Uh, but but do they want even want a box safety? Yeah, that that designation has always kind of aggravated me. And I mean, like I I don't disagree with you, but like ideally you want guys that can do a little bit of everything, right? Like yeah, I, I, I mean, do. Jamal Adams is a beast in the box, but he can also do freaking everything else, right? Like, I mean, he, it's not like if you put him, take him out of the box, he's useless to you. Far he, from it. He gets labeled as a box and it bothers me. That bothers me for him particularly. Um, I think box safety to me just means a guy that's good at tackling. Cause, and, and not all right. DBs are. Not all DBs are. Um, but like, Box safeties still need to be able to cover, or they're going to get exposed at some point. Um, and I, you know, like Xavier, he, you know, he doesn't really look like a box safety, but I'm fine with him playing in the box. Like he's typically a pretty sure tackler. I don't love him in coverage. He he had problems with ball skills last year. Like he had two or three drops last year that His really are terrible. Oh yeah. gosh, his angles. I mean, Redskins, Eagles, but, turn the game around with the Eagles. But Dave, how come nobody's talking about Donovan Wilson? That's what I exactly was about to say. Because he can hit. 
Nobody talking down. about Donovan Wilson. Was that three uh, interceptions in that preseason a fluke? How come he's been working his ass off? I like what he brings to the table. He's got a secondary coach. Was well, wasn't his guy, but he, they both have the affiliation. How come nobody's talking about him? You talking about Maurice Linquist? Yeah, yeah, Linquist. I think. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Um, we ain't seen him, man. It's really wild still, he, he, but he's, he's a wild card. Wild card. He, we, he showed up in preseason, and it's not our fault that Jason Garrett and them didn't want to put him on the field, at least get him a little bit of reps in, in these these games that were early against the Washingtons and the Miamis, right. those type of games where you know you can probably beat this team, so get this rookie a little bit of time before you just throw him in the I, fire, ease him in slowly, and they didn't even do that. So it's, it's going to be difficult this year because of the fact that we play against teams that are really going to throw the ball first. But we got to see something yeah. from this year too. You got another safety yeah. back there. You got to use. Them. Go ahead, Dave. But go ahead. I I I agree and disagree with everything that's getting. And I mean, who? Why aren't we talking about Donovan Wilson? Completely depends on who <laughs> you're talking to, because the fans are talking all about him. Yeah. Like depending on what the who the conversation is with. He's on a lot of people's radars and shoot. Yeah. You talk about a box guy. He definitely hits like a truck. Go watch his college tape. Um, I just, and it kind of goes back to what I said about Garrett in the draft. Like did, did Jason Garrett and his staff have plenty of problems? Sure. Were they like um, amazing or even above average coaches? There's not a whole lot of evidence that points to that, but if Donovan <laughs> Wilson was the truth, they're watching these guys in practice yeah. every day. Like you're not going to keep a guy who like, who's going to make your team substantially better. You're not going to make him an, an, a healthy and active if he's balling out, you know, like if he really yeah. looks like he can handle it to some degree, football is still a meritocracy, especially when you consider, you know, Jeff Heath was in the final year of a small deal and Xavier Woods is a, as a, you know, six right, round pick. Anyway, like, mm-hmm. Right. These, like, these aren't guys that are irreplaceable. It's not like, you know, Jason Witten, where there's serious ramifications to taking him out of the lineup. If Donovan, <laughs> if Donovan Wilson... That's where I was, was going to go with it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if Donovan Wilson was that much better than these guys, he would have. they would have elevated them. And, and that's not to say he's bad, but, you know, getting interceptions... Ready, yeah, getting interceptions in the second half of preseason games doesn't you. mean you're ready to go against. And that's where I was going with Parker. it, James. I get we want to harp on the picks in, in, in the preseason, but one, the preseason, and two, we forget this part. I know it's he, preseason. We forget yeah. this part. He got hurt. He yeah, got he hurt, hurt at the yeah, end of preseason, yeah, that's right. and so he wasn't really going to play. And let's be honest, man. You're not going to play the six-round guy right away off the bat when you got those veterans in front of him right now that those this coaching staff we know – Loves veterans, at definitely at the beginning of the year, because they want guys out there that know what they're doing. And I'm not saying that Donovan doesn't, but he's still a six-round rookie. So, no, I mean, well, trust- Xavier Woods was a six-round rookie. He didn't start the first game. Yeah. But he was playing a whole hell of a lot, though, bro. <laughs> no, he wasn't. He was playing special. Well, actually, Xavier did most of his playing as a rookie, as a nickelback, if nickel you remember slot, that. Yeah. And he that was playing was, a lot. That was desperation. Uh, and and that, that, is a, that is a beautiful point that – for better or for worse, Garrett and his coaches, above all else, valued trust. Like, they just wanted mm-hmm. to trust that you weren't going to make an ass out of yourself on the field. And, I mean, that is that is why they love Jeff Heath so much. Like, was he limited? Absolutely. Did he know what he was supposed to do and they could count on him? For sure. So I'm I, looking- just, I just feel that Jeff Heath is still a better free safety than playing down in the box, just to me, you know. 
Well, so, so he ain't there no more. So, yeah, he ain't there no more. <laughs> so he ain't no yeah, more. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So but, I love you, Jeff. He well, been. week one, do you, who who is your strong safety? Is it still we're gonna rest our hat on Darian Thompson? Is, just, is that no, the it's, guy? It's, it's his Woods. It's not gonna. It's, it's gonna be Woods and Haha most likely. Yeah, I think it's gonna, gonna be. be. Woods and haha, and then you know, depending on how much they want to roll with three safeties, you might see Darian Thompson out there in like some dime or nickel packages. But he's going to be the Jeff. Do, do you back see? Uh, do you see Worley <laughs> out there, uh, uh, David Helmy? Do you see Worley being a starter? I want to know where he's going to play. He could do both. Mm-hmm. He's a big boy. They moved him to Oakland. Moved him to safety more as like a desperation thing because they he had so that. many injuries last year so i would imagine he's gonna play cornerback and again like is worley you know worley is probably not their preference for the long term but if he's good enough to nab one of those that these rookies are really going to be able to just come right in here and, and and beat out these uh veterans because you still need reps you know and if we're gonna if we're gonna cut down on preseason games we're gonna cut down on training camp you can't realistically think that your your rookies are going to beat these guys or, or not even just beat them can you trust them right I can see the narrative right now. It's like, we all love this draft class. We all feel really good about it. But right now, I think CD is probably the only one that's going to get like starter caliber snaps. Right, right away. away. Yeah. I mean, we just talked about Diggs. Same thing goes for Gallimore. He's got two pro bowlers in front of him. And the, the thing that's going to work in his favor is that D tackles rotate a lot. Uh, Reggie Robinson, again, I mean, if Trayvon Diggs can't do it, I don't expect Reggie Robinson to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Biotish is going to be going against a guy in Joe Looney who's started a lot of games at this level, played a lot of NFL football. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be tough for all of these guys. So I hope people don't rush to judge this draft class, especially considering that these guys didn't have an offseason. How you feel about uh, Alden Smith? Because I'm, ex- I'm excited about him because he's just icing I, on the cake. I am freaking, I'm excited. And it's funny, like, how far I've come since the night they signed him. Because it was like, really? Like, is this? <laughs> you know, leave it. Everybody leave was it, jumping up and down. Well, I was. Shit, I leave, it to the, leave it to the Cowboys to, like, be the smartest people in the room. You know, they're like, okay, like, y'all, y'all go pay Clowney and Griffin if you want to. We're going to roll the dice on this guy who hasn't played since 2015. But then, <laughs> you know. Then, like, you you listen to the interviews with him. You know, he's talked to Dallas media. He's done a lot of podcasts talking about his journey and where he's come from. You know, you you, you hear about the fact that he's, like, freaking 280 of, like, pure muscle and Jake Lazer's got him, like, going against yeah. boxers at his gym and all this crazy stuff. And then on top of all that, they're only paying him, like, a million dollars, which is, you know, pennies by NFL standards. So even if it doesn't work out, who cares, you know? Yeah. At, like best case scenario, he's the Alden Smith that we remember from back in the day, and he's like wreaking havoc. Worst case scenario, you took a gamble on a guy with a, a cool story, and it didn't work out, and it doesn't really matter that much. Um, so it's just it's so little risk and such high reward. Um, I'm I'm really excited to see how it turns I, out. I'm excited because this issue was not physical; it right. was mental. And a lot of people like to say, oh, well, look at him in, in Oakland. Well, go look at some of his reps in Oakland. He he has some reps where he made some Pro Bowl tackles look silly. Okay? And and that was when he probably was at the lowest of, of lows in his life. And right. from all the interviews I saw 
of him now and the things I've read about him now and Jay Glazer, what he said about him, if he is right in his mind, dude, if we just get 70% of Alden Smith, right. oh boy, oh my goodness. It's really exciting to think what, you know, he, it's not fair to expect him to be the 19 sack guy from 2012, but if he's fully healthy and fully invested, um, teaming him up with the other guys on that line, not just tank, but you know, Gerald McCoy has been good for six sacks a year since like 2011. Like he's just a machine. Um, it's really exciting to think what they could do and, and you know, we'll see how it all pans out, but everything I've heard from Alvin Smith, like every time he's had an opportunity to talk, he sounds like a guy that has like right. grown and matured a lot. Like he's not just saying the right things to get himself on a, on a football field. It, it really seems like he's kind of, transformed who he is so you know i'm typically a pretty cynical person but i have a lot of a lot of optimism that he really turned over a new leaf you can't lose with this (laughs) really like i said i mean if they cut him on the third day of training camp what did they lose you know like seven hundred thousand dollars which like that's (laughs) right they probably pay that to keep the lights on at the stadium anyway (laughs) that's good stuff (laughs) hey uh i got one last thing from me uh big dog and you know what it is it's mr dak prescott we 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 hey we went the whole conversation <laughs> wide, we did 45 minutes we did a, we we've been doing a real good job lately we've been waiting until the very end to bring him up but guess what he's here that's I'm, okay my question is is i don't i just feel like there's a lot of people that are, when we talk to brian there's a lot of people are saying well I don't know if he would, what's going to happen. Like, is he going to sign? We think it's going to happen because we've seen Dallas cave, but I'm telling you, this is a tough situation in my opinion now, because it's getting a little bit more worrisome to me now uh, than before. When you say like, what makes it, what makes it worrisome for I you? Think, I think what makes it worrisome <laughs> for me, I don't know, probably because it's so damn close, Dave. Let me just keep it real. So damn close. Stop playing with me, Dallas, and sign this man. That's why it's too close, Dave. Talk to me. Deadline make deals though. Go ahead. <laughs> so, I got I got to take, go ahead. I got here. The point I was trying to make is like, I'm not worried about it mm-hmm. because Dak's going to play quarterback for the Cowboys in 2020. Like right. that, that's going to happen. So mm-hmm. if it's not on a long-term deal, I think that's a dumb move by Dallas. Mm-hmm. But it ain't, you know, we're not heading for a holdout. That's the thing is, like, I, I keep, like, trying to beat that into people is, like, the, the dude's not going to hold out. Because right. if, the, if the deadline comes, the NFL rules say you can't negotiate anymore once that yep. deadline hits. Mm-hmm. So you mean to tell me Dak is going to miss paychecks for nothing like he, he can't <laughs> can't do it to to hold out for a new deal like zeke tried to do like that mm-hmm. doesn't work right. dallas could offer him a contract that fills his wildest dreams on september 1st and he wouldn't be able to sign it because it's against league rules mm-hmm. and he's also i don't think he's dumb enough to sit out of training camp because again he can't get That's a new fine. deal mm-hmm. well not only that but like he's only hurting himself because right. if you don't if you don't practice then you're going to play like crap and then you're not going to be worth as much money as you would be. So if he doesn't get a new deal, he basically has no leverage other than to play and try to improve his worth next off season. So again, like I say, I'm not worried about it cause I know he's going to be the quarterback. Um, but do I think the Cowboys would be smart to get this thing out of the way? 
Oh Absolutely. Yeah. Freaking um, I don't, I don't know what they're trying to do. I'm coming around. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I'm just coming around to the point where I think Dak is, I don't want to say happy to play on tag, but he's comfortable with it. I, I do yeah. think whatever conversation he had with uh, Kirk Cousins, I think might've, might've got to him in a positive way in the sense of, listen, man, if y'all really want me to go out here in 2020 after what I just did last year under Jason Garrett with Jason Witten as my tight end and Randall Cobb as my third wide receiver, which is no offense to Randall, but y'all, right. y'all want me to go out in 2020 with CD lamb, Mike McCarthy, Helen Moore under Mike McCarthy and, and a, and a guy like Blake Jarwin and then Tony Powell who might get used. Y'all want me to come out here and play with this team under the tag. If y'all think 35, 36, 37 is too much now, Wait to next year. Wait to next year. Try me. I think you are, (laughs) I think you are 100% right for whatever it's worth, because seriously, we're arguing about making Dak the highest paid quarterback in the NFL after an eight and eight season. Like (laughs) they weren't that, they weren't that good last year. Do we think that they're going to conceivably get much worse? No. Like we can't sit here in June and say that they're going to make the playoffs or win the Super Bowl. But do we think they're going to be substantially worse than eight and eight? No. no. Maybe like if, if, if somebody gets hurt and something terrible happens, like maybe they only win five, six games, but I doubt it. Like this is a team that's going to win somewhere between seven and 12 games. If I had to guess mm-hmm. my point being Dak's value is not going to go down. It's mm-hmm. only going to go up no <laughs> nope. matter what, even, even if they don't make the playoffs, his value is only going to go up. Um, and throw in, you know, throw in Mahomes and Watson and how much money they're going to get. I think you're absolutely right. I think Dak's sitting here saying like, okay, okay, I'll take your 31. I'll take your 31 million. And then we'll be right back in this spot next year. And I'll be asking for even more. I'm, I'm, and he's um, a tank and, and you'll, he'll, he'll silence. I mean, he still has doubters, but he'll silence them right. even more. If he goes out there and throws for 4,500 yards, 35 touchdowns, nine or 10 picks, and six rushing touchdowns. He'll shut them all the hell up. Yeah, well, now you got to shut them all up. I was going to say, here's the thing like, he could do all of that. Yeah. Still ain't let's to. say, <laughs> yeah. you know, let's say they go, let's say they go nine and seven and like miss out on a wild card spot. I told you he sucked. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> but will his value go down in that scenario? No. It's gonna, it, no. it will not. Other no. teams so, will be looking like, hmm. I, it's, it's so weird to me. And I wonder, like, I wonder if the Cowboys are hesitant because of COVID and mm. the effect that that might have on the salary yeah. cap playing yeah. a season without fans or with less fans, you know, maybe that decreases the salary cap or decreases the amount that they're willing to spend. But, and look, I get it. Like you want to have principles and not completely cave, mm-hmm. but this man is only going to get more expensive. Like I cannot conceive of a scenario Unless he gets hurt, which knock on wood, you know, you never yeah. want injuries. Yeah, let's game. bang yeah. on that shit. Let's bang on that. <laughs> unless he gets seriously yeah. hurt, I can't imagine a scenario where he's worth less next year. So I think they would. Yeah, just- that's the reason why if I'm Dak Prescott, I would not play on that $31 million franchise tag. What do you mean? Why would you not play on the tag? Well, no, week, 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 week five, he get his shoulder snapped in half. Then what you got? Law. If he sits out, he's not making any money. <laughs> they're gonna cave. They, I'm saying if they, they don't cave, they cave on D Law. They gonna cave. 
Jerry Wayne, Jerry Wayne Jones is gonna cave. If he man. don't cave, you gotta sign that damn tag and not sit out though. You don't get paid no money and you're getting fines. Not only that, but yeah. like, you know, Le'Veon Bell can get away with that, but like not you're no the deck. quarterback, you're the quarterback, <laughs> you're the face of the franchise. You think somebody's gonna wanna give you a huge contract if you just quit on your organization? Right. Um right. That I I I can't decide how I feel. Like I think Either the Cowboys are going to cave and pay him at 2 p.m. on July 15th. <laughs> and or it would he's going to play on the tag. Like, yeah, no, I, and deadlines have made deals with the Cowboys. Literally, unless a player is willing to take laughably less, it usually goes to the last minute. Like, yeah. uh, you know, Lyle Collins and Jalen Smith signed for a surprisingly, mm. you know, low amount of money given their talent level. Right. And then everything else. Tank went up to the surgery deadline. Zeke went up to the deadline of the season. Dez mm -hmm. went right up to the franchise tag deadline. Like, the only guys who like didn't really do that were Travis Frederick and Zach Martin. And you could argue that they were absolutely the best players at their position at the time. So the Cowboys really didn't have that much leverage anyway. Yeah. So history suggests that this is going to go down on July 15th at like 1230. But yeah. we'll see if that actually happens. Well, David, it, there is there is a actual contract on the table. Is is that correct? And like some type of contract on the table beyond the uh, franchise tag. It's just that they going back and forth with the years. Yeah, I, I mean, it's unclear if it's actually on the table. You know, like yeah. it, you know, I it, I think you know that yeah, the dispute is four years worth five. Dak Dak wants less years. The Cowboys want more. The Cowboys typically always sign their guys to these long deals, you know, four, five, six, sometimes, you know, Tyron Smith signed an eight year deal. And the reason why they do that is it helps them finagle the cap, right? Like if you have more years right. that you can push the earnings into, it helps you finagle your financial situation. Whereas, you know, obviously Dak would want four because it allows him to get back to the open market quicker, which with the way the new CBA is supposed to blow the salary cap up, I understand why he wants to do that. Um, I on I legitimately don't know if there is like an offer quote unquote on the table right now. I just know that they've exchanged proposals and and neither side's very happy with it right now. I I kind of been saying this all off season and I, I'm going to stick to it. I think this because of this COVID thing, it's really screwing everything up. You made a point earlier about not knowing what the cap's going to be like because these owners are going to lose billions of dollars. It's just going to happen. Um. And with it not being any soft deadlines, right? We talked about it earlier. You want your quarterback in camp. You don't think you don't think Dak's going to sit out of camp. Well, there is no OTAs. There is no mini camp. And right now, we don't even know if there's going to be a training camp. So sure. without those soft deadlines, you, you have to rely on the July 15th deadline as your hard deadline. But I really believe if we had a mini camp or what have you, they would be really trying to hammer this out because you got a new coach. Dave, do you want your quarterback not in here with this new coaching staff? Yeah, I, I that. that's some that's a great point that I haven't thought about because like, you know, this has become the new normal, right? Yeah. Like I don't even I don't even think about it that much anymore because I've just been doing this same quarantine thing for three months. But it's fascinating to think what this would have looked like if they'd had a real offseason program, you know, like Dak doesn't show up to OTAs and, you know, we're just, you know, we in the media are hammering McCarthy and Jerry and Steven every time they talk about, you know, what's going on? When is that going to get here? And then mm -hmm. you've got the mandatory camp, which is, would, it would be happening right now. It would, it would be happening today. Um, 
in in a normal circumstance. So, uh oh, this thing just McCarthy, you better sign me. Whereas, mm -hmm. you know, COVID kind of killed that whole thing because now everybody, you know, Dak can look at his iPad just like everybody else. It doesn't really matter. Um, it is interesting to think how having real practices might have affected this because if Dak had actually held out of the offseason program, I think it might have helped him get his deal faster. Yeah, they'd have been like, yeah. we got any him in camp now. Gary day. would be like, uh, he's not showing up until what? All right, get him on. <laughs> right to check, man. I don't care, Steven. Right or, to check. Or or it could be a situation where it's like Zeke who, you know. Uh, Zeke who for Dalton? Oh, Dalton? Yeah, it could be. You know, you know how it go. Oh, my God. <laughs> Play that beat again, please. <laughs> because everybody look good in practice though you know that's just how it goes and you know everybody pump up quarterbacks here Dave, did your did your mentions get absolutely wrecked when dalton got signed um Mine's yeah deep. yeah it uh, yeah it did uh, yeah i mean i spent like three hours fighting with people who were saying <laughs> like oh the Cowboys have thrown down the gauntlet. Right. This is, you know, just like, no, they haven't. No, they haven't. They're being smart. Cooper Rush, Andy Dalton. Oh, Think about that's it. That's the funny thing. It's like the Cowboys are doing all of the things that we've been begging them to do for the last, like, five years. Like, they went out and spent right. real money on a proven backup quarterback. They went out and, you know, maybe not the best safety in the world, but they got a proven Pro Bowl caliber safety. And people still lose their minds about it. It, it just is what it is but yeah, yeah. no i mean i i almost some sick part of me wishes that dak could hold out of training camp he's not right. going to but like can you imagine can you just imagine if like dak was holding out and dalton went out there against, oh, you know the you're Steelers sick and the, you're sick you know dalton goes like eight of 12 for 75 yards and a touchdown in the first half of the you know first preseason. i told game. you i yeah. told you we i told you about dalton he was the truth that would right. that would be <laughs> freaking end of the world like it would be, i i might have to just get rid of my twitter account. yeah i'm i'm yeah, not logging on because they're gonna blow you up they're gonna blow yeah. you up and, and they're gonna be talking about the other guy too uh dinucci you know Nucci. <laughs> nooch yeah. nooch <laughs> yeah that that'll be that'll you know everybody and regardless of whether Dak's there or not you know i'm sure if Danucci balls out at, at once or twice in the pre you know he's the new he's the new everything it's funny to think like how much the fans loved cooper rush back in like 2015 uh, right. or 16 whatever or no 17 i'm sorry 2017 he freaking balled out that preseason and everybody was like oh this is he's the new romo and then you know everybody <laughs> hated him by the time he finally left that, the nature that's the nature of the beast. Like, hey, man, uh, y'all got some a uh, few more questions for him here. I'm just to look in the chat nah, here before we let you go. Good to go. I'm quarantined in my apartment, so I got nowhere to be. Oh, cool. There you go. See, I like that. See, we, we, uh, we try to be nice. Like, yeah, you know, we ain't yeah. got no more. I ain't got nowhere to go. Okay, well, here's seven more questions. <laughs> we got seven more. We just wanted to see where your brain was at. Hey, let me ask you this, because it's been, it been on my mind, man. Who coined that name, Tiny Jim? Do you go by that name? Do people hit you up Don't with that name? that name? It's how, funny, how do you get like, that name? It's that, like, that's how I know, like, who the OGs are. Yeah. Like, the people who Tiny <laughs> Jim. Because, like, it, it kind of faded away. Like, the only people that call me that are people 
that have been following me since I started. So do y'all remember Rowan Kavner? No, I don't. Uh-uh. Was he a producer? No, he was actually, he was a writer. Um, so Man. Rowan, Rowan wrote for us from like 2012 to 2014. He left during the middle of the 2014 season to go cover uh, the NBA. So, I mean, long time ago, but actually he's a, he's a dear friend of mine who actually helped me get the job. So I owe him forever. Uh, anyway, but uh, my first game with the team was the 2013 Hall of Fame game against Miami. Uh, so, you know, Larry Allen got into the Hall of Fame. The Cowboys played in the game. I think it was it was George Selvey's coming out party. Yeah, right. like, <laughs> so, you know, it was it was my first time covering a Cowboys game. And I like I wanted to make a good impression. So I I, uh, I dressed all up, which is so stupid in retrospect, because it was like 90, it was like 90 degrees. But uh, I wore a sweater vest with a tie. <laughs> and slacks, which again like it's so dumb it was august i don't know why i was wearing a sweater vest but i just you know i just i wanted to look official um and you know for anybody that doesn't know me i think everybody probably does but like i'm i'm a pretty short guy i'm like five six so it's like one of the first things you notice about me so i walk up to everybody on the sideline before the game in my sweater vest and rowan looked at me and goes you look like a tiny jim trestle <laughs> he said a tiny I did gym. not know that's how it came about. I did wow. not know wow. that. You would have thought you would have thought like Brian Brian brought us like Pete's pants. Like he was laughing about it for <laughs> the entire night. Like he laughed about it for literal hours. Like he was still laughing about it when the game was over. And it just stuck. And I was I was tiny Jim for like the first two or three years I worked here. Um, which like it, it never really bothered me. Like I, you know, I'm the first person to make fun of my height. I really don't care about it. Hey, I'm short too, bro. It happens. You know, I took a picture uh, with you in 2018. I felt real tall. Did you, uh, <laughs> where, where at? We was at the combine. I was telling, uh, Brian, uh, because it was 2018 it was my first combine I was ever, I was ever able to go to. And I seen both of you guys there. And so I asked you for a picture first. You gave me one and I'll holler that brought us. But, you know, I wasn't trying to say no. I was like, dang, you just kind of short, though, dog. Oh, no. Like, that, <laughs> don't get it twisted. Like, I'm real short. I'm real short. Like, we're not talking like 5'9". I'm like 5'6", man. Dude, I was feeling great. You was making me feel great. I ain't going to lie. Oh, oh, Kevin Hart. Okay. I'm like Kevin, Kevin Hart. Hart. Kevin Hart. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hart. No, seriously. So, um, yeah. Well, it sucks that you didn't take a picture with me and Brian simultaneously because, like, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. the real thing. Oh, like, I know the the totally not like, on that one because he's like Brian's six like, five, ain't he? Yeah, he's like six four, and I'm five six. So it always wow. looks funny when we take a photo together. Hey, I, I was just uh, watching y'all when y'all were that training camp, and y'all two were standing each other when y'all yeah. did the one on one drills. That was hilarious. I meant to get on Brian. He had that that crazy hair on our show. Oh my gosh! Oh, my oh, gosh. oh, oh I can tell you a good story about that too. Talk about it. Uh, <laughs> We went out to lunch last year, like around this time. You're like, this is the deadest time of the year. The yes, NFL it is. Right, right. right. As content creators, <laughs> um, it, it gets difficult. <laughs> yeah. So last, I mean, you know, in June, like you, you kind of do whatever you want. Like we, you know, we'll take like two hour lunch breaks in June because who really cares? Uh, so we went, we went across town to this restaurant out by the old Valley Ranch and uh, we were getting lunch and I don't remember what it was, but there was like a 30 for 30 on TV about basketball and Pat Riley was on there. And you know, like Pat Riley's 
he's got like the slick back yeah. hair and like he always looks like a pimp um <laughs> so broadus was like you know if at the time broadus was like starting this weight loss challenge and he killed it like yes, he, he lost so much weight over the last year so he was joking he was like see that like in nine months, I'm going to look like Pat Riley. I'm going to grow my hair out too. And I'll like slick it all back. Like he does. And I was like, Brian, Pat Riley has all his hair, man. Like, you, <laughs> how are you planning to pull this off? And he was like, just, just watch me. I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to cut my hair. So I, dude, I've tried to tell him so many times. I'm like, Brian, it doesn't look that good. You don't look like Pat Riley. You should cut it. Go back to the old way. And he doesn't want to hear it. So he, he's just got yeah, shoulder they, length hair for some reason now. They, I guess they was going ham. It might it might be my fault, maybe I don't know, but he thinks he looks like Pat Riley. Yeah, that yeah, love you, B, but no, no, they calling him old boy from uh, 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 Back to the Future. Back to the Future. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah he Doc. Look like Doc. Oh yeah. Doc. <laughs> hey, in DeLorean. I got some uh, quick questions here from the subscribers in here. Um, Swaggy, this isn't a question, but I actually want to kind of post it that way. Uh, what would be your biggest concern uh, for the Cowboys that could maybe halt them from going to the playoffs? Um, My biggest concern, other it, than like a – oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to give you some ideas. Is it a secondary? Um, it, it, I won't say coaching anymore. I do like the coach staff. Um, right. We're gonna steer away from that now. We, we don't want to go back to that one, you know. Assuming, I mean, I always throw out serious injuries. Obviously, yeah. but if we're assuming not that. Then I just think, I just think it would be not just the secondary, but like the defense as a whole. Mm. If it's Question just a, if well, it it, it it has the potential to be surprisingly good, right? But it also has the potential to be a disaster. Like what? And you know, what if Alden Smith? isn't all that what if nobody in the secondary steps up what if Leighton Vander Esch has injury problems again what if Jalen Smith doesn't really discover his 2018 form with a new coaching staff like yeah. I really doubt that all of those things are going to go wrong but even if a few of them do the defense could be an absolute wreck um so well, it's hard for me to it's hard for me to imagine, you know, the offense might not be like the best ever, but it's hard for me to imagine them not being good, right? Like they were number one in the league last year and they've arguably gotten better. So like, I don't worry a whole lot about that, but they're just, there's so much unknown on that defense. It definitely worries me sometimes. I have a, my man T-Mac, this question to me is hit or miss. I don't really like it much anymore, but I got to ask, um, do you, how you feel about Randy Gregory? Um, I have no clue what the hell is going on with it, but do you think that um, it'll be reinstated or what's going on with that? Yeah. It, I mean, I don't, I don't hate talking about Randy. Like it's interesting. Yeah, I but, like Randy, but right. Right. Reinstatement. It, 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 thing. Just, it makes yeah, me feel knows. bad. Cause I don't ever know what to tell people. Mm. And like, I've, I've talked to people that are in with Randy and you know, it seems sometimes the news seems good and sometimes you know people say like oh slow your roll like maybe not so much and you know the fact that he reportedly applied for reinstatement in march and we haven't heard anything in june especially since alden smith got reinstated right uh it makes it makes me wonder you know and not in a good way um i i'm rooting like hell for randy as a person first and foremost i hope he's you know i hope he can conquer the the problems that he faces but 
it's hard for me to feel super optimistic that a reinstatement is coming right now. I hope I'm wrong. And that's, I want to emphasize, like, I don't know. Diddly. Right. Like, it's tough to give them answers. Right. Yeah. Getting information on that is, t- and it, it's not like people aren't trying, right? Like, it's not like people aren't trying to get information on this. It's just, it's all very convoluted. And the, you know, the league's process is stupidly secretive. I don't really understand why. But, but, um, but you, would think, you, yeah, you would think that if Alden got, got reinstated and then right. Josh Gordon go through his situations and he continued to get reinstated, Absolutely. you would think yeah. that, Hey, you know, Randy, you would think, you would think with, and you know, I guess to some degree it gives you optimism about Randy because Alden got reinstated, but at the same time, for Alden to get reinstated, you know, what was that like three weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we still haven't heard anything about Randy. It just, and couple that with, you know, all the mixed messages you hear from different channels, it just, it just makes me wonder. And, you know, sorry, I don't have a clearer answer than that, but I'm just kind of, I got not, one. I'm not being super optimistic right now. Yeah. I got one more frame from my end. Um, it's a punter question. Uh, my Ooh. man Stevie says, uh, ask Dave why they don't bring in competition for the punter spot when Chris Jones hasn't play, played well the last two seasons and hasn't gotten surgery to fix his sports hernia. Oh, wow. And we do have so, a special teams coach. That's that's my big thing. And listen, I, com- I hear everybody that's worried about that. If you look at Chris Jones' numbers over the last two years, it's not super encouraging. Uh, you know, his, his net isn't great. Um, you know, his, his touchbacks have been down at the same time, any, any optimism that I have in the special teams, I just put it all in John Fossil, right? He's such a highly regarded coach. The Rams special teams were so good and, you know, not to throw too much dirt on the former coaching staff, but a big part of the Cowboys problems was their return teams too. Like they couldn't get their stuff together. So between Chris rediscovering you know his old ability if you also have a coach that can coach guys to get down the field close down the lanes and tackle it can go a long way as well on top of that we all know john fossil freaking loves fakes we also know chris jones is way more athletic than your average punter and can come in handy in that regard um so i would imagine a guy with as many skins on the wall as john fossil probably came in and assessed the situation and said oh yeah like i can work with chris jones i'm not worried about chris jones um otherwise they would have done something because they paid seven million dollars to a kicker at his yeah. suggestion <laughs> right at, at at fossil's suggestion because greg zerline is his guy so obviously he got on the table to get him here uh so if he's got enough clout to get them to spend seven and a half million on a kicker I think they probably would have brought in a punter if he wanted him to. Marquette King. I keep forgetting we have Zerline, dog. I I loved Zerline from a a distance over his career. And when he became available, I was like, yeah, let's get him. But I didn't think about it because we signed the other cat, um, Cobra Kai. Yeah. Orbat. But, yeah, that's that's interesting they signed two kickers there. I'm not – I'm not sitting here saying Chris Jones is definitely going to rediscover his form, but – I trust that John Fossil knows what he's doing, and John Fossil seems to be okay with Chris Jones. So that gives me optimism. Hey, Dave. So you we're talking about Fossil. We're talking about coaches. Um, what what is maybe one coach or like that's really standing out to you that you're really excited to put in some work on, on the on the staff now that wasn't there prior? 
um, you know, like Al Harris or even you were talking about, um, you know, Tom Sula. Is there any coach that's that's been brought to the staff? You're like, yeah, I really want to see what he's really going to do with this particular position and how he's really going to work it. I think those are both really good answers for whatever it's worth. It sucks because of COVID. I, you know, I mean, I work at the star. So like in my regular life, like I run into these guys in the cafeteria all the time. Like you get to know them, you bump into them in the hallway or getting lunch or whatever. It sucks. Cause I really, I haven't had a lot of opportunity to do that. Cause I haven't been at work since mid March. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know these guys as well as I would prefer having said that. I got to spend a little bit of time with Tom Sula when they first hired him. I love that guy. Like he's me too. Sula. Me too. I love he, him. He's he's just a like he's an old school ball coach. Like he just wants to talk about ball, and he's hysterical. Um, you look at his track record with some of the places he's coached D line. Obviously, he was with Alden Smith when their pass rush was disgusting with San Francisco. So I'm in. I'm excited about that. Not just his. You know, obviously he's got clout, but then you look at who he's working with, like Tank, Alden Smith, Dontari Poe, and Gerald McCoy. I mean, I know mm-hmm. they're not all in their prime, but that is still a hell of a... That's a nice little lineup. <laughs> um, then the, the other one that you didn't mention, I'd probably say Joe Philbin. Um, no one talks he, about Joe, yeah. He's, you know, he's, he's just, he's one of the more highly regarded offensive line coaches in the NFL. He's had a very long, distinguished career and again i mean you talk about a guy that's got a lot of talent to work with joe philbin's working with a bunch of all pros so uh i'm excited about what that might mean for the offensive line hey who's your who's your dark horse player or pet cat and or pet cat for this year and mm-hmm. do you have one i know it's we haven't seen anybody in camps or anything like that but it's got to be somebody out there mm-hmm. um and that's from the cowboys horse. network yeah of course dark horse all right i'm I guess dark horse breakout, breakout player maybe or player we're not thinking about. For example, mine's is Reggie Robinson. You know, okay. I mean, all right, Reggie's Reggie's a good answer, and you know that's not saying that he's gonna start, but you know, you talk about his special teams ability. He's got cornerback safety flexibility. He blocked four kicks during his college career, I believe. Maybe it was three, but you know, again, talking about guys that John Fossil could use. Um. I think anybody that follows me knows that I'm just an unabashed homer for Tony Pollard. So I'll throw him out there. Um, I'm super, I, uh, I just hope that they, I hope this coaching staff is more creative than the last him. (laughs) And, and, you know, it's, it's so frustrating because, you know, I always say like the old coaching staff was like paint by numbers where it was like, well, Zeke is our starting running back. And Tony's our backup running back. So we have to use Tony like a backup. Like, no, you don't. Yeah, and nope. Put him on the field at the same time. Rotate him out. And not in that predictable BS way where Alfred Morris. I was just about to say. Like, <laughs> you don't have to do that. What if I told you, what if I told you that different running backs could run on and off the field multiple times during a single possession? What if I told you that like the Saints started the drive with Alvin Kamara and subbed in Latavius Murray? What if I told you the Ravens have like six running backs that they interchange all of the freaking time? Like, right. it's okay. I keep going. It's okay. And, and then throw in the fact that Tony can do some stuff in the slot. I just, you gotta be able to find like 10 touches a game for that guy. And sometimes last year he didn't even get 10 snaps. Um, so I really, really hope that this coaching staff finds a way to fix that. Cause he's, yeah. he's a ball. 
So Cowboy Marty wants me to ask you this, this Goonies question here. I have no clue what he's talking about. But he says, oh. ask him what did they what ask him what they did with Copperport's money. I'm guessing this is because of my bandana. <laughs> he look like he do. He do look like the dude on the goodies. I, I the, 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 uh, the goodies with the bandana. In all honesty, I know it's like a really famous movie. I don't think I've ever seen the Goonies all the way through. Oh man, you better watch that all the way through. That's it's been a while. That's why it didn't re- register to me. But oh yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking at this dude's photo on Google right now. Yeah. I... <laughs> <laughs> I have long, thick hair, and it would be down in my face if I wasn't doing something with it. I guess I could put on a hat, but I've got so much hair that hats don't really fit that well. They like that question, apparently, here in the chat. I need to get to a damn barbershop. I'm well aware. Good stuff, Marty. Good stuff. It's all good, though. Uh, yeah, I got. There's a lot of questions here, but I don't want to get on it. Like I said, I don't know how long, how long you got, but I'll give me some quick answers on them real quick. All right. Um, what do you think about Luke Gifford? Does it take the next step? T Mac, ask that question. Um, I'm excited about Lou Gifford. I, you know, what does next step mean? Do I expect him to start? Not really, but that's a hell of a talented crew to break into, you know, between Jalen Layton and Sean Lee coming back. Joe Thomas is still there. Um, I expect Luke Gifford to improve and hopefully he doesn't get hurt this time. And mm. I, I do, I would bet that he makes the team. Um, but I'd be surprised if he was like a, you know, a regular right. special teams guy right now. Yeah, special teams and maybe a handful of snaps. I'd be surprised if he played a big role on defense. Cowboy Mike asks, uh, do you think we sign any other free agents like Everson Griffin? Oh, no, I do not. Um, I don't see it. They have the money to do it right now, but they, you know, they're, they're not interested. In it. Again, I mean, we talked about, you know, little risk, high reward with Alden Smith. Like they see themselves getting that without spending the money on an Everson Griffin or, or a clowny for that matter. Um, so, you know, I get, I get that it's frustrating, but no, I don't expect that to happen. And last one for me, if y'all got someone from y'all chat, go ahead and ask them. Um, Kellen Moore. What, what are your thoughts on, on Kellen Moore going in here with Mike McCarthy? I'm very excited for Kellen to get it, spread his wings under Mike. Cause I am under the belief. It called me crazy that he was shackled with Jason Garrett. Maybe not necessarily play calling because he's calling the plays, but you have an un- an unimaginative playbook, an unimaginative coach, and a conservative type of guy. And I don't mean conservative, eh, he went for it on fourth and whatever on his 19. That's just desperation. I just mean in the creativity of his playbook. What do you think about Kellen under uh, this new guy? I think you're absolutely right. And yeah, I mean, Kellen called the plays. Um, Kellen had a decent amount of autonomy, but like you just look at, you know some of the the overall trends on the offense and like you know they were they were running the ball between 60 and 75 percent of the time on first down it seemed like they forgot what play action was after the first two three weeks of the season hopefully that gets better the thing the thing for me and it it sucks that we can't see practice right now because i think it would it would be a little bit of a tell because you know Let's not act like Mike McCarthy's like a defensive coach who's just going <laughs> to let Kellen Moore do his thing. Like Mike McCarthy is an offensive guru. That's his whole reputation. He's a West Coast guy. He's, you know, coached quarterbacks his whole career. He helped develop Aaron Rodgers. Like he's going to have a pretty big say-so. And he talked a lot of game when he got hired about like, you know, we're going to adjust to what Kellen did. Like we're going to, I'm going to adopt his language and do this and do that. But also 
Mike McCarthy said at his introductory press conference, he was like, well, yeah, I just, I said I watched all the games because I wanted the job. Like, mm-hmm. Mike, Mike McCarthy could say a lot of that things. That was his best answer. I love it. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, but <laughs> Mike, Mike McCarthy is smart enough to know that the Jones family is smitten with Kellen Moore. Absolutely mm-hmm. smitten. So mm-hmm. he's going to say whatever he needs to say to make you sure get he gets that, right. the job. And then he can <laughs> right. do whatever he wants once he's the head coach. So. Right. What is this actually going to look like? Like, is Mike McCarthy really going to give Kellen Moore a ton of autonomy? Or is Mike McCarthy going to run the show with Kellen Moore as kind of the figurehead OC? And it's it's hard to know the answer right now. And that's why I would love to be watching practice to see some of these tendencies, what they're working on, what they're doing. Um, I don't think that's going to be something we're going to be able to answer until we've seen him play a few games, to be honest with you. But I think it, it'll be fascinating to see the reality of McCarthy working with Kellen, you know, as opposed to, you know, whatever you say in January, which doesn't count for anything. Yeah. True. I got a quick question from uh, somebody in my chat right here. We dumb boys ask, uh, who do you think is going to be the starting five O lineman this season? Again, like, you know, I hope people don't think I'm boring, but especially in an off season where you don't like, you didn't have an off season. You just had some truth. Zoom meetings. Speak the truth. I think it's going to be, ob- I think it's the obvious. I think it'll be Tyron Smith, Connor Williams, Joe Looney, Zach Martin, and Lyle Collins. And maybe Connor McGovern is good enough to beat Connor Williams for the left guard job, but I've never seen Connor McGovern play NFL football. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't. I mean, he barely had an offseason last year. He hurt his pec in early. O- he, he hurt his pec in OTAs and really yeah. didn't have a training camp. So, like, I'm not talking about seeing him in a game. <laughs> I've never even seen him take a rep of practice. <laughs> right. So, right. to bet on him against Connor Williams, who, you know, he's not the best guard in the league, but he's started several seasons in the, in the NFL. I think that's a tall order. Same, you know, same thing for – Connor McGovern or Tyler Biotish beating Joe Looney, who again, you know, he's been in the league since 2012. He started every wow. game when they went to the playoffs. I just, I think that's a tall order for any rookie. So I think more so than any other offseason, I think this is a year where having veteran experience is going to count for a lot. Yeah. I, we talked about that with, uh, who was it, guys? Uh, Worley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we, we said that about Worley. I kept saying, hey, man. It's very possible that, you know, you get the look because, first of all, you played, you started a ton in this league. You, you're not, you know, a fourth cornerback. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And yeah. I know he, he doesn't have a ton of money on his contract, but if you look at his contract, if I'm not mistaken, he's the second highest well, paid corner. Yeah, he's the second highest paid corner on the team. So, and we've got these rookies like Robinson and Diggs, who I, I, I think at some point Diggs is going to be the guy, but right now, with this COVID, I can't see it. So, yeah, you might have a point there where the same thing may may happen with the offensive line. Much as we want Biotish or McGovern to beat out Joe Looney, how do you really say that's going to happen when there's not going to be much camp, really, or preseason? Yeah, I, I mean, and, like, it, it's the same thing as the cornerbacks. If those guys are really good enough to pull it off, more power to them. I think that's great. Let the best man win. But – I just lean toward the familiarity of experience in a situation like this, for sure. Indeed. Yeah, um, <clears throat> that's some good stuff, uh, Dave. Uh, I got somebody over here named Landon. Uh, he, he asked a question. What do you think if uh, they will allow, like, a drone camera to see some of the practices mm. for the fans or something like that? <laughs> He's trying to know? go all Bill Belichick yeah. on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, going, yeah. He going <laughs> way deep with it. Only, like, a limited <laughs> amount, you know, for the practices That's dangerous, Dave. There. 
That's I a know really, that's a really, hey, hats off for thinking outside the box. And that's exactly, <laughs> that's the type of stuff that the Cowboys love anyway. Like, you know, any publicity is good publicity. Any way to like make things available for the fans, I think they would consider it. They literally, you know, they surrounded their practice fields with, with leasable office space. Like, it, you know, it's not like they're paranoid about letting people see what they're doing. Um, mm -hmm. I kind of doubt it because training camp has to be in Frisco this year. Um, and, you know, you're probably not going to be doing a lot of practices outside in Dallas in August. So right. I would imagine they're going to be at the indoor for most of training camp. And I don't know how... I don't know. I don't think it's very logistically possible to get like drone shots inside of that building because it's not very big. Um, you tell me this, Dave, about the paranoia. Because I remember when you and Broadus used to do the blue-white scrimmages, man. I loved it because the film that we got was just like, oh my goodness, we are seeing the actual plays. Like you don't really see that all the time, the formations. And then it came, it did out of nowhere. Hey guys, no more blue white scrimmages getting filmed like this anymore. And I remember y'all touched on it briefly uh, about other teams right. kind of maybe right. seeing it. So there got to be some type of dang on paranoia going on over there. Oh well, okay. It's very interesting, and it's a it's a line that we who work for the Cowboys have to walk all the time, which is there's there's two different agendas, right? Like there's you know the, the organization has no paranoia. They want the fans to have the best experience. They want to be cutting edge and do this and do that. The coaches are always another story, right? Ah, like there was always, mm. there was always kind of a tug of war between, you know, the coaches are like, Hey, you know, don't be giving too much of this stuff away. Whereas the organization is like, we want to be out there. Transparent. Yeah. Um, what happened so, there though? What happened on that? Blue white stuff. Well, I mean, to be perfectly like, I think the way it started, yeah, like we would give everything. Yeah. And, right. You know, I think the coaches were like, holy crap, like, can you at least not show our formations and our personnel? <laughs> like, at least. So we actually, but it's fascinating because like we reached a compromise where it was like, okay, started inside. We're going to zoom in so you can really only see like the two players that are going against each other. Uh, and then, but then that was too much. And then we were like, okay, we're only going to do one-on-ones because you're really not giving away any scheme or anything like that in a one-on-one -on -one situation. So, and, and on, you know, I have no idea, you know, that was Jason Garrett. I don't know what Mike McCarthy's going to be like, and we haven't been in the building enough to really get an idea. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be some instances like that when everything gets back to normal, where we kind of have to figure out what Mike is okay with us doing. And rest in peace to the blue white scrimmage film session. <laughs> Man, please, please. But, but, rest but in you peace. know what though, uh, 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 Dave, the craziest thing of it is they could have used that as their advantage though. You know, trying to show some people some things and then just flip it up and mix it up. People would have been yeah. like, "Man, you know, the yeah. Cowboys showed this, but they displaying that." Yeah, you can't put when Bill Belichick is in the league, you can't do that. <laughs> You're gonna take that See, and flip always, it on your ass. I always right. and. I get, I get it. It's, you know, coaches have the right to be protective, but I'm like, you run 70 plays a week and all of them are on tape for the entire world to see. Like you really yeah. think other teams aren't going to be able to get a good idea of what you're doing. Like you think the eight plays that we show during a practice period are going to be <laughs> right. like in the way I really kind of doubt it, but I it's get a it. copycat league anyway. I mean, most of these players, half the time they say, 
most of these schemes are the same. It's just different terminology yeah. with the different teams. So it's all pretty much the same or, or across the board. Uh, Toby on Facebook, I know you're going to love this one, Dave. He says, ask him if he believes we will ever see or ever consider bringing back Dez. <laughs> I think that ship sailed, man. Dude, 88 is on an, the first round right. pick. Right. Oh, yeah. When he gave him the jersey, was, was over. It bums me out. It bums me out because Dez is one of my five favorite players that I've ever covered. One of my mm -hmm. He's my favorite when he was in the league and he wasn't whining. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's my guy. Yeah. yeah. I think very highly, but well, my point is like, you know, I've been saying there's no way they do it since February and right. people, people think that means I hate the guy. I don't hate him. I just no, don't think they're going to We're just him. talking reality. Steven Jones, when Steven Jones says it's over, it's over. It's over. What you going to give him number 10? Yeah. Like whatever, whatever <laughs> shot that he was right. coming back, it ended when they gave CD 88. Right. Like when they picked him, Dave. <laughs> even, even when they picked him i think i could talk myself into like well, you know the thing the thing he was tweeting about in february like well let me come back and only play in the red zone or like only play 15 snaps a game like yeah you know des yeah. wasn't doing that day day he'd been on no, the no, okay, well, I'm, playing, I'm playing devil's advocate here i'm not I but I'm, I'm saying i could have at least seen it but now that another player is wearing 88, come on, man. Mm, listen, yeah. listen, it's read, over. Read the tone on Dez. I really think something might have happened. He apparently on his Facebook live, he said he spoke with Mike McCarthy. Um, mm -hmm. and, and then it was this excitement. Cause he said, I got news for you guys. If ESPN doesn't break it first. Now this mm -hmm. was like a couple days before the draft. Because I don't think anyone expected C.D. Lamb to be at 17. Right. So I think he had this feeling, okay, Dallas is not taking the receiver. Anywhere in the first three rounds, there's a shot. So you're saying I have a chance. Mm -hmm. And then C.D. Lamb happened. And then go look at his demeanor afterwards. It was, yeah. well, He's you like, know, guys, you know. Best of luck to him. Keep, I, keep I, keeping, I hope the best, best for C.D. Lamb. Deep down the side, I hate you. <laughs> that's, a really, that's a really normal thing is, like, teams have contingency plans, right? right? Like, right. they're like, okay, there's, there's half a dozen receivers sitting out there, and if the draft doesn't go our way, then we can do that, you know? Um, and, yeah, I mean, you know, if they drafted Chase on and – it hadn't worked out to where they felt good about a receiver somewhere else. Maybe that would have happened, but they got CD yeah. Lamb instead. So that was it. That, that was, was it. it. That's that the nail in the coffin. Like, like, like you said, it's over. Kenny, Kenny Smith. <laughs> yeah. Great. So that's it for me and my guys on 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 the questions for for my chat. You guys got anyone you want to throw at them before before we get out of? Let me just say this: man, you are a trooper. Brain. Yeah, man, <laughs> we appreciate you, big dog. We 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 try to be respectful and not you know not to get you off. We but when you said that, man, we really appreciate that and yeah. show the love. And you not only there. not only do I do this for a living, but also like it's a quarantine during the deadest month of the year. Like, <laughs> yeah, be. yeah, but see, you, you, okay, but you got, and, and, and I mean, you know, don't tell my bosses this, but like it's, it's June. Like nobody in football media is like really grinding right now, at least not right. as hard as they typically do. So like over here um, we is. Oh, I'm happy to be on with y'all. This was fun. Appreciate you. Hey, brother. We appreciate Indeed. you coming out here, man. We got to yeah. get old Shannon on here now. And, uh, and Gross. Nate. Yeah, Gross. You got to get a whole Man, bunch that, of his accent get the cracks me up, fam. Yeah. Get the whole damn crew over here. North yeah. Louisiana, baby. Hey, I mean, if y'all need me to put in a good word, I'll talk to him. For sure, man. We For had sure, Danny man. on here. Sarek? Right? 
Oh, so right. No, we, I've been right. trying to holler. That's why I want you to holler. Not, not Danny. Oh, no, we didn't Danny get McCray, for me, Dave. McCray, yeah, LSU stuff, huh? Holler at Danny yeah, McCray because oh, yeah. I've been talking to him. Holler at him for me. Okay, for sure. Yeah, we had Danny Surratt. She's pretty good with her stuff, too. Surratt, no, Danny, yeah. Danny's awesome. We brought her on. Wow, was that already two years ago? I guess it was. Yeah, um, she's been for a minute. She's been, she's been killing it. She's grown a lot. Um, she knows her stuff for sure. She kicked ass. Indeed, man. Indeed. Yeah. Hopefully maybe you can we, come back too. Yeah, maybe we'll work our way around DC.com, man. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. We hey. let we let the people uh have the voting uh in the chat. Y'all let us know who y'all want. You know, <laughs> they're gonna be asking for a lady, yeah. like some Lindsay Draper or something. They've been asking for a lady. <laughs> Lindsay's not, out of the game, unfortunately. Lindsay out yeah. of it. You know who you know who I would love to have on here and just sit back and not say a damn word and just let them talk? It's Nate Newton. Big Nate. Oh my goodness, Nate! Hey. Story time with Nate. <laughs> that you you joke, but like, yeah, you could do an hour and a half show of just Nate. And I, I would that might it. be the guy then. I think that might be the guy, Dave. I think he might be the topper. I, I, Nate Newton, man. I, yeah, put put Nate the word Nate. in for us on on, on uh, Big Nate. When they know? brought Big him Nate. on, yeah. on hanging with Nate. the boys, I said okay. And then when yeah. they brought Jesse on with Nate, and that them two combined, it was oh just gosh. like, oh man, here we Nate go. Is, Nate is such a freaking joy, man. And like, you know, I didn't, I didn't grow up a cowboy fan, so I obviously knew who Nate was, but I guess I, I didn't necessarily revere him because I didn't grow up loving the Dallas Cowboys. But like, right. he's he's so friendly and so genuine, Jolly. and like, just always <laughs> in a good mood, like always, just so much fun to be around. And then you'll find yourself like. It's one of the like really cool privileges of my job is like you'll just find yourself shooting the shit with Nate Newton and he's like telling you stories about like you know Dion and the right. triplets and I'm like you're like you're a you're a walking legend dude like you were part of those teams <laughs> right and it's like it kind of blows your mind sometimes because you don't always think about it you know how you feel yeah, like that dope. is how we felt when we had Darren Woodson on this damn show yeah. oh yeah it was like. Yeah. Oh, we're talking to Woody. To Woody. We're talking to Woody. <laughs> and right. he was just cool. And it was just like listening to his stories about the triplets and whatnot. I want to bring Nate because he might have stories about that old line and, you know, the Great Wall. Like, I want to know about the Great Wall ins and outs. And he's just a, you know, he's just a joy, like you said. I, I could listen to him all day. Sure. Hey, man. All right, guys. Listen, I don't think we're going to do a post show. Because nope, we've been going about almost three hours. <laughs> almost three hours. Rocking. I'm tired as we shit. Had, we had John yeah. on here earlier before you. And uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we, normally we would do like a post show, but uh, we're not going to we're not gonna do that tonight, guys. Sorry. So, so the phone lines won't be open again. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but no, before we get out of here, you got anything you want to plug? Um, most of these people are probably following on Twitter, but in case they aren't, let them know where to find you, man. Uh, yeah, you can find me at Hellman DC, uh, H-E-L-M-A-N-D-C, like Dallas Cowboys. I'm on Twitter way, way too much. I'm always there. <laughs> Be going ham on that Twitter, Dave. If you, you Defender know, of the star. come find me on there and I will probably chat back with you. Uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. And DallasCowboys.com, obviously. Uh, you know, come read us, watch our videos. Our podcasts are on hiatus right now, but... Uh -huh. Whenever training camp fires back up, we've got like five shows that go every day of the week. Uh, I'm on Cowboys break Monday to Friday. Uh, yeah, come find us and get your Cowboys fix. No TikTok. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, I look at TikTok, but I do not post on TikTok. Like I'm just trying to see yeah, that's, 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 that's all about. That's a deadly. That's a deadly animal. All me, my girls be messing with that. I hate to kind of bounce back here because because I do got a good a good supporter here in the chat that had a, a legitimate question. I'm sorry. He said, oh, "Ask him if we will be blitzing a lot more this season." Thanks, guys. Great show as always. Will we blitz I, more? I really hope so, man. Um, you know, again, I mean, it's it's hard to say without seeing it, but I, you know, no no one has done that before. And then you think about the fact that you have, you know, the guys that can do it. I think, you know, you've got plenty of DBs that have experience doing it. And then obviously, I mean, Jalen Smith is the big one. Jalen Smith needs to have a role as a pass rusher. He just does. Like, he's too athletic and too disruptive moving toward the line of scrimmage to not have that be part of his game. So, I don't know what it's going to look like, but yes, I think they're going to blitz a lot more than Rod did, which was never anyway. Yeah, so. Not like it's a high bar to meet. All right, that's that's it for me. Right, I, I promise right, you, man. I'm gonna get you with a sneak question. <laughs> You're good. You're good. I promise. <laughs> All right, man. If I don't hit this button right here, we won't get out of here. So I'm gonna play the outro music. <laughs> All right. Good talking to y'all, man. For sure, man. Appreciate you stopping by, Dave. Appreciate you guys joining us tonight. Make sure you rock with us uh, tomorrow and the rest of the week. Uh, we'll probably most likely be on here doing all kinds of shows. Let me get you on this one. Here we go. Doing all kinds of shows. I will be in here on my my uh, channel, State of the Union, Defense and Ends. And keep rocking with us. Final words. Final words. Love y'all. Peace. Yeah.